Good to be with you. Oh, I have to, right from the word go, apologise for the sermon may not be of the usual standard or quality because, you see, you realise, of course, I'm Italian. And Italians talk with their hands, so I'm really restricted, all right? So we'll see how we go. <laughs> no worries. All right. The testimony of Paul. Uh, last week, Keith Graham finished at where? Chapter 20, the end of chapter 20, and this week we're in chapter 24. Now, the testimony of Paul, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, we've read a little portion of it, goes from chapter 21 right through to 26. That's a, that's a big, big section of uh, God's word we have to cover. But this morning, uh, I'm going to sort of look at this uh, topic of Paul's testimony with with the idea of the word testimony being the prominent thought, the main focus. I just love testimonies. I, I love... Where is he? Udo, Udo, Udo. He's gone out. I love Udo's testimony. Wasn't, wasn't that a great testimony? I love hearing people's testimonies. I always find them thrilling, encouraging, informative and reassuring. You know... Uh, it's exciting to see how God has worked in a person's life. I don't know about you, but I found over the years listening to many testimonies and reading many testimonies and you know, watching many testimonies on tapes and DVDs. I was around when the tapes were here and podcasts now. You know, it's exciting to see all these different people coming to the place of, of the cross at Calvary from all sorts of directions, all sorts of lives, issues, problems, addictions, unloved, lonely, despised. They're all coming to the one place where most of us here have been, the foot uh, of the cross at Calvary. And, and I find it encouraging to know that that for so many, well, it's thousands now, but for so many years, God is working in individuals' lives. He cares about you and me. He cares about the individual. And I find it very informative. You know, when you, you know, I mean, you don't know people that well, do we, really? But when, when somebody like Uday came up and gave his testimony, I learned something about him. And I always find it very, very encouraging and reassuring. I love hearing a testimony because when I hear and, and, and I know because their spirit, yeah, the Holy Spirit that's in them is the same as me and, and there's a connection there and I have this reassurance that they're a brother or a sister in Christ. That's all that matters. Oh, I love testimonies. Next slide, please. It never works for me. Anyway, all right. So what is a testimony? What is a testimony? Well, if you look it up in the dictionary, the definition is it's a form of evidence, right? A form of evidence in which a witness makes a solemn declaration. Right? It's a form of evidence in which a witness makes a solemn declaration or affirmation 
for the purpose of establishing or proving some fact. That's the definition of a testimony. Now, we see that primarily in, in, in legal issues. You know, the law, the law of the land in, in a courtroom situation is where we usually see this sort of definition coming to light. And, and sometimes it's even done just in a written form, you know, like in an affidavit or, or, or a stat deck. You know, you, you have to testify to some fact. So it can be oral, it can be written, it can be photographic, it can be DNA these days, you know. And then there's the physical, a physical thing that can, can testify to, to a, a, or proving some fact. Now, I've, I've got a few synonyms here because I want to read this list out to you because when, when we talk about testimony and we look through this passage of scripture, you'll realise that all these things are, are, are more or less true of the Apostle Paul in his life and more than likely true to you and me, or at least they should be part of our testimony. So a test, another word for testimony is affidavit as mentioned or a demonstration, data, you know, like information, uh, a deposition, grounds, illustration, a profession, a report, we'll look at that in a moment, a statement, a submission, support, a testament, a verification, and then one that we're very familiar with, a witness. So where, where you see the word testimony, you can substitute any of those words and it would still make sense. So that's the, that, that's the first application of the word testimony. But there's another application. There's the religious application. So we had a look at the legal, then there's the religious application. Now, we heard a great example of that this morning from Uday, right? How he came to faith, how he met Jesus, how he got saved, how he had his sins forgiven, how God is working in his life today, right? So the, the definition I found, uh, the, it said... Uh, Testimony in the evangelical tradition, which is our group, our group of churches, is to tell the story of how you became a Christian. Very simple, eh? That's what, that's what it means to have a testimony as a Christian. Or, or a specific event in your Christian life where God has, has uh, been evident. That's also a testimony. This morning, I'd like to... to point out to you that both of these aspects are clearly evident in Paul's testimony, the legal side and also the personal side. And then hopefully there'll be an application, I hope there'll be an application for, for us here this morning because the testimony that that we would like to have is, is, is personal, right? My testimony and Uday's testimony are exactly the same at Calvary. And only at Calvary. And that's the same with everybody. All our testimonies are different. All are unique. But we intersect, don't we? We all meet at the foot of that cross at Calvary. And hopefully we can see that this morning. So, let's go back. Please have your Bibles open. Let's go back to chapter 21. Just a couple of verses just to catch you up to speed to where we are. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense discussing chapter 24. I will be really brief. 
The first verse I'd like you to have a look at is in verse, chapter 21, verse 17. And here is the first, the, the start of this testimony that we, that we have in Acts from 21 to 26, right? It's verse 17. It says there, and this is, this is where, where more or less, uh, Keith Graham left you last week. Paul was on his way to Jerusalem. And when he says, when we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And it says there that Paul reported or he gave testimony or he gave witness or he told them the information. What? The, the testimony in detail of what God had done. Now, brothers and sisters, I read that verse for you because that's important. Testimony, the te- your testimony, my testimony, any testimony a Christian gives is always about what God has done. Right? What God has done in your life, through your life, with your life. Have you got that? So a testimony is all about God. It praises God all the time. Uday praised God this morning, didn't he, by telling us how, how he came to know the God that created the world and forgave his sins. A testimony glorifies God. Nobody can forgive sin and cleanse you from your sin except for God. So you can see, can't you, that Paul wasn't interested in talking about himself like Keith mentioned last week. He gave, he reported, he testified to the things that God had done. Can I have the next slide, please, Andrew? Try it. Oh, that, oh, I went too far now. Oh, thank you. All right. So, as I said earlier, the testimony that you have is your own test story. It's your own story. Not my story. Not anyone else's. It's unique. It's unique. And it's written by God with a purpose. So every time you hear a testimony, you, it, it honours God and, and it can only be fulfilled by yourself, right? Because your testimony goes on. Like tomorrow, whatever happens to us as, as individual is, it'll be an added addition to our testimony. And next week, and if the Lord doesn't come next year, our testimony gets added to day by day by day. And so in verse 27 and 28, we have here Paul being arrested and his trial starts. But it's not just a trial. It's it's a number of trials. He has to go before the Sanhedrin, before Felix, before Festus, before King Agrippa. That's why I'm saying it's a, it's a big trial. And there's a lot of testimony involved. But the accusations against Paul are false. Alright? They're not true. They're not valid. And the commander, the commander, it's very interesting, in verse 33 says there, says he wants to find out who he was and what he had done. And so he asked Paul, who are you? What have you done? And so Paul starts. First, he starts off with his legal testimony, answers the, the charges, and 
with being with Paul, being uh, Paul the apostle, he couldn't not start his personal testimony as well because they're like this, aren't they? They're in. They're they're they're, they're, they're you can't separate them. You can't be raff here and then raff something else tomorrow. And I, I'm encouraged by what you said earlier, Pat. Your testimony is tomorrow morning. That's it. That's part of it, right? And whatever God's doing through you, it's unique. It'll be yours, but it's tomorrow. Yeah? And here it is. Here's Paul. He's not just giving a legal defence. He's telling, he's telling the commander of the garrison there what? What God has done through him. And he, and he starts off, you know, he's given his testimony a few times already, Paul, and, and so we know it quite well. So he, he starts off recounting how he came to know Christ. He, he starts off by telling him I was a persecutor and, and a murderer, as we heard last week. And, and he goes on and he talks about uh, being blinded on the road to Damascus and then, you know, Ananias coming. And, 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 and this is an interesting part, right? In verse tw- chapter 22, verse 15, he says, he says this. Ananias told him, right? He said, he said, Paul, he says, you will be his witness, that's Christ's witness, to all men uh, of what you have seen and heard. So Paul was going to be not just a, a test, uh, have a testament, he's going to be a witness. See, that's the same word. And that's where we get all those epistles and Paul's teaching. You know, he, he wrote most of the New Testament. How did he do that? By the things that he'd seen and heard. He, he has testified to us the word of God. So it's very, very important. And so he blends these, these two aspects of testimony. He answers the charges against him that have been brought, the false accusations, and while doing that, he's telling them what God has done through him. He also mentioned in verse 22, uh, chapter 22, verse 29, that he's a Roman citizen. That's important. That's how he gets to Rome. Otherwise, he would have been in big trouble at the uh, the trial against the Sanhedrin. So that's very important to realise that. So what's the application for you and me this morning? Well, how's your testimony? What's it look like? Is it praising God, the way that you live, the things that you say, your behaviour, your attitudes? Does it bring praises to God? When Paul was telling about his conversion, he not only did he praise God, but he, he, he showed that he demonstrated God's power, how he changed the life of Paul. He was called Saul at the time. From a persecutor to a church planter. From a murderer taking life to telling people how to have eternal life. Amazing. God's power can do. So then we get to chapter 23. So if you turn over to chapter, or I'm going to turn over to chapter 23. And there in verse 1, we have Paul, it says there, he, uh, he, he looked straight at the, at the, the, the people in the Sanhedrin and said to them, my brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. You see, the Sanhedrin was a very powerful court, like our Supreme Court. The Sanhedrin were able to, to uh, judge civil, criminal and religious matters. They were so powerful that they could judge a king. So here's Paul standing before the Sanhedrin. Now, Paul had a lot of enemies. 
That's why the accusations were false. They wanted to, to, to keep Paul quiet. And so he, he starts to tell them about who he was. He reminds them, hey, I'm a Pharisee. I know about the Jewish law. And so he, he gives his testimony, what he was like before a Christian. Because that's important, brothers and sisters. Your testimony does not start at Calvary. It doesn't. It's a highlight. And there's a big change there when you meet, meet the Lord at Calvary. But that's not where your testimony starts. Because God saves you from something. It's good to tell people that. Verse 11, have a look at verse 11, chapter 23, verse 11. Critical verse, right? Not a good scene here in this court, uh, in, this, uh, in the Sanhedrin court uh, situation. They were trying to find ways to convict him of these false accusations so they could kill him, put him to death. They had the power to do that. And so there's a bit of a dispute going on, and that night... That night, have a look at verse 11. That night, the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, right? Written in red in my Bible, I've mentioned this to you many times. This is what the Lord said to Paul. He says, take courage as you have what? Testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Now, that's important, isn't it? That's why Paul ended up in Rome. Not because he, he connived and worked the legal system, not because he had a great lawyer. No. Because the Lord said to him, you have to tell them about me in Rome. Just as you've been telling about me all the way along. To testify, to speak, to witness, to report. All those little synonyms that we had. When you look at Paul's life, he did all that. He provided the data, the information. He answered the questions. It's all a testimony, all of it. But here's an application for you to think about for us today. You see, when you look at Paul's situation here, it's, it's, his testimony is an utter failure, an utter failure because he convinced nobody to become a Christian, absolutely nobody. Sometimes we're scared to give our testimony because we think it's not going to have an effect. It doesn't have to always have a positive effect. You see, the Lord, the Lord didn't say you have to give your testimony and thousands of people need to be saved. He just wants people to know about him. He wants you to testify to others about him. You see, a testimony can be rejected. Paul's testimony was rejected. And even in our courts, you know, the judges sometimes will say to the jury, just, just, just disregard that evidence, you know, because sometimes, you know, the truth can be disregarded. The truth can be rejected. It doesn't make it wrong, Lyle. It doesn't make it wrong. It's just not accepted. So I can't say to Uday, Uday, no, your testimony is wrong. That's not how you become a Christian. I can't say that because that's his story. It's how God worked in his life. 
And your testimony is how God has worked in your life. And I can't say, no, that's not right. They can't be nullified. Words and actions are Paul's testimony all the way through his life. You heard about some of it last week as well and you'll hear some more next week because this, this, this situation goes on for quite a few chapters. In fact, a couple of years, obviously. So it's, a, it's a, quite a significant period of time in Paul's life. So in verse 12, in verse 12, there's a, there's a plot to kill him. They can't kill him. They can't put him to death legally through the court systems. They're gonna, they're going to try and get him on the road to, he's gonna go up to the next court to see Festus to visit the governor and have his case tried there. So they're trying to kill him. Why are they trying to kill him? To keep him from testifying. Yeah? That's what you do with a key witness, don't you? If you're if you're a, if you're a gangster, huh? How many movies have we seen like that? How many witnesses have been you know done away with, bought off? Because to someone who knows a fact, to someone who has evidence of a, of a, of a, of, a, of a fact, that their testimony, their witness is key. It's important. And I'll tell you what, this man Paul. Boy, was he a, th- a thorn in uh, the thr- uh, in the side of of the Jews. He was one of them. He persecuted the church, as we've heard. But now, he's he's gone into, into the other camp. He's starting he's starting Christian churches. He's leading people to Christ. You've got to get rid of him. Of course, the plot failed. Verses 23 to 30, the plot plot to kill Paul has has been thwarted. And what we see here is is Paul's life, Paul's testimony, Paul's character. It stands up to the scrutiny, doesn't it, of, of hatred, of prejudice, of corrupt officials. It stood up. Because it's genuine. And wherever we go, brothers and sisters, wherever we go and whatever we do, we are a living and walking testimony, whether we get to say anything or not. And that's what happened here. That's what's uh, happening here with, with Paul. So now, whew, look at that. I've only got nine minutes to go. Now we're at chapter 24. <laughs> Phew, got there. All right. So Paul is brought before the governor, Felix. Now, not a lot of time to tell you about Felix, but I'll tell you three things about it. He was immoral, not a nice man. He was corrupt, and he was a despot as a ruler, as a governor. That because Paul was a Roman citizen, he had to abide by the, the like a constitution for the Romans. He had, he had certain rights and privileges. Which even a corrupt and immoral and 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 a, and a bad governor like like Felix, he couldn't overlook it. He had to go through the process, the justice process. So there was a pers- a, prose- a prosecutor called Tertullus brought four charges against Paul that we read this morning. He said that he was a he was a plague to to the nation, a pest, a nuisance, a nuisance. And of course, Paul says, uh, well, 
I don't know how I could be a nuisance. I was only there for 12 days. How much of a nuisance could Paul have been in Jerusalem? He's only there not even two weeks. The second one was that he was a rioter inciting the people to revolt all over the world. And now this is a slight exaggeration, yeah? Of course, Paul, Paul answers that as well. He says, he says, well, you know, if you ask the people that, that make these exact, there was no disputes, there was no violence, there was no, 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 you know, street marching or anything like that, no riots, complete, complete false, complete uh, falsehood. The third, the third one was that he was a, a ringleader of this sect called the Way. Well, that was true. And Paul didn't deny it, but he, he, he qualified it. You know, he said, look, you know, it, it, it's true, but I just was doing what God had asked me to do. Everything that I did was in accordance to the things that are found in the Old Testament. No problem there, is he? And then they said that he, he had profaned the temple. And, uh, again, in, in the reason we looked at some of those things in, in those earlier chapters was that when he was injured, he actually went through a purification ceremony to be able to do what he did in the temple. So that was false as well, and Paul explained that. So I want you to notice that Paul wasn't mad, he wasn't angry, he wasn't ranting and raving and, and pleading his innocence, he was just being calm and and answered the questions as they came and he just recounts the events of his life because that's what a testimony is. Even though he had false accusations made against him, lies told about him, people hated him, wanted him dead, all he he did in his defence was tell the truth, give his testimony, how God has worked in his life. Christian testimony is the story of where you were, how you met the Lord and what he's doing in your life now. The testimony, the testimony is a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful weapon or it can be a very powerful tool. Weapon against your enemies and against the people that are seeking to, to do you harm as a believer but also a great tool that God can use to further the gospel. You see, false testimony is easily disproved. You think of all those, all those uh, um, uh, law and order shows that we watch, you know, on TV. It's easy to disprove a false testimony. You know, someone who's telling lies. But it's really hard, no matter how clever the barrister is or how clever the, the lawyer is, if they have a witness there who's telling the truth, who's actually seen something and is testifying what they saw or recounts a piece of information that's, that's indisputable, they can try all sorts of ways, can't they? But they can't get away from the fact of telling them what is the truth. That's what a testament It's very powerful. And you see in verse 24, have a look at verse 24. He stands before Felix and he tells everything and all the rest of it and then, he, then him and his wife... Uh, Send for Philip and says there, he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. I had a quick look when Uday was giving his testimony. 
Everyone was glued, listening intently to what he had to say. And that's true for me too. Every every testimony I, I hear, you know, a curiosity fact. How did how did how did God do that in your life? What's He doing in your life now? You know, that's the power of a testimony. It really is, because we're sticky beaks, Elizabeth, aren't we? We're sticky beaks. We want to know. God uses that. It's a great tool. It's a great opportunity for the Holy Spirit to glorify God through through your testimony, through our testimony. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it says there, the Holy Spirit, it says, that, that is living in us. Yes, yes. Living in us because we're believers. The Holy Spirit will bear witness about me, right? And you also will bear witness and that's what Paul was doing. Through the Holy Spirit, he's telling Felix now. Now it's Felix. Then it'll be Festus and then you know, other people. What God is doing through him. So your testimony is telling me how to tell people what you know about something. In our case, what we know about God. What we've seen. You've seen how God has worked in your life and other people's lives. They're indis- those things are indisputable, very important. So that's bearing witness. Now, we, we read there, didn't we, that not only did he listen, but it says on there later on when Paul started talking about self-control, righteousness and, and judgment to come, now, those three things, as I mentioned to you about feeling, they, they would have... <laughs> You know, he would have been worried when he heard that. And it actually says there, doesn't it? Felix was afraid. Felix was afraid. You see, there's conviction. You don't have to tell people they're sinners. You don't have to tell them that God will judge them. You just tell them about what happens to people with, with sin in their lives and about judgment. But listen to this. Felix was convicted, but he took the wrong decision. He took the wrong action. There was no repentance. You see, it's not up to me to convict anyone of sin. It's not up to me to judge whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. That's between you and the Lord or the person who's listening to the Lord. He didn't accept the Saviour. And it's really interesting, isn't it, how he still met with Paul for two year, over two years I wonder what they were talking about. It certainly wasn't uh, who's going to open the batting on Wednesday night. I can tell you that. So what is a testimony? Next slide. What is a testimony? Here's an interesting verse that the Apostle Peter gave us. He says, always be prepared, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope that you have. Now, Uday did the same thing to you guys, didn't he, at that Bible study? Tell me about your faith. Why? Oh, it's your story. It's your story, right? Can't be wrong. Your story has a past. I forgot to read the rest of that verse, sorry. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect. So when we do give our testimony, let's remember that. To do it in, and we see that in Paul. 
in this, under extreme provocation here, Paul, how did he, how did he testify? With gentleness and with respect. We see that. Something we can learn. So our testimony has a past. Tell people about your past. Don't be ashamed of it. You don't have to glorify it, but don't be ashamed of it. Because God's forgiven it. And God loved you when you had a past. Yeah? So your testimony has a past. Be sure to tell them very clearly about your Calvary experience, how you met the Lord, how you came to faith. Tell them that. And then tell them about your life now. Tell them how the Lord has has used you, blessed you, guided you, whatever has happened in your life. Make sure you tell them that as well. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. And that's why the the New Testament is full of, of encouragement to testify, to witness, to tell. Or you just read through it. And that's, those words keep coming up. So the next slide, please, Andrew. So we're a living testimony. Not because we're just alive. You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, it says that we are living epistles in the King James, living letters in the NIV. What's a letter? It's a communication, isn't it? We communicate the gospel by the way in which we live. It says, it says in that verse that we are read, we are read by all men. Everywhere. Huh? So sometimes, sometimes you can't say anything. There's no opportunity, but hey, they know, they know you're a believer, so they watch. They're gonna watch you. As soon as you tell them, they're gonna watch. Every day. <laughs> and they have, they have expectations of believers, so they should. Your testimony is your words and your deeds. Just as important, brothers and sisters. Could I have the next slide, please? It's your story of how God has worked. You don't need to have all the theological answers, right? Sometimes we're hesitant to tell our story because we think, I'll get it wrong. How could you get it wrong? How could you get it? It's your story. Who's going to say, oh, no, Raph, it didn't happen to you like that? Who's going to say that? They can't. It's your story. Don't be scared. You don't need to have all the theological answers to tell them how you met Jesus and what he's done for you. All right? Okay. Next slide, please. And that's, and that's another thing sometimes you worry about. Have you, haven't you heard some fantastic testimonies? Eh? People who God has saved from addiction or prostitution or also, you know, and done magic, ma- amazing things in their lives. You think, but my, my testimony is so boring. I was six when I became a Not that I was, but you know, my wife was six. She says, well, my testimony is boring. I was only six. Yeah, but that's not your testimony. Your testimony is six, seven, eight, and eight. Right, I won't tell you how old she is because I'll get into trouble. Your testimony is not boring. It's not. So don't be put off. And the last slide, please. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, the Lord says this. He says, let your light so shine before others that they may see your deeds and glorify God in heaven. 
And then something similar in Philippians 2. And Peter says another thing here. He says uh, in chapter 2, let's, let such good lives among, live, sorry, live such good lives among the pagans or unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, which is what happened to Paul, right? So he, yeah, he says, they will see your deeds and declare and glorify God. Paul is an example of that. His testimony is an example of those two verses. His deeds and his words glorified God, even though they said nasty things about him, which were untrue. So the last slide, I'd like to leave this up for a few minutes after the service. I want you to think about that slide. Go and tell your testimony of the great things God has done. I hope that this sermon has has encouraged you to share your testimony with whoever you come across. And I hope, I hope that, that it, it has given you a, a bit, a bit more of an insight of how important your testimony is. Not just to you, but to others so that they can see. Because, you know, we come from all sorts of different areas, you know, bef- our past sins, our lives, our, our ser- they're all varied and different, but we all get funneled into this little place called Calvary at this cross. And from there, once we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal... So see how hard it is for an Italian with hands? From there, we go out. So my testimony is not as the same as yours or yours. But we still testify the same Lord and Saviour. Yeah? That's how it works. That's how God had planned it. So don't, don't hesitate. Go and tell. May the Lord bless you.